What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts, they help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there. Or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening. Thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels and uh, just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing help strangers find the podcast can't stress the importance of those reviews enough and appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so and there's a little uh there's an instructional video on my instagram as well if you uh if you need a tutorial it is there for you at dan cable presents those links will be in the episode notes along with the uh, links for the Dan Cable Presents t-shirts and mugs that are available, as well as my Spotify profile so you can keep up with the monthly playlist that I've been dropping every first of the month. Those will be there, and you can also find the information for my guest on episode 254, Mert's son from Charlotte, North Carolina. Great chat with this dude been looking forward to chatting with him and uh this did not disappoint had a great conversation about life the ups and downs depression trauma positivity um workflow and work ethic and uh just really appreciated the time that i got to to spend with mert's son and uh can't encourage you enough to to check out his full catalog of music if you dig 
what you hear on the episode and the uh, the tracks featured. I've been uh, I've been diving deep into this stuff for the last couple months when I stumbled upon it and uh, had to reach out to him right away and he was super responsive about doing the show. So that's what's coming at you momentarily. Don't forget to check out episodes of I Dig Records dropping every other Wednesday. Had one come out earlier in the week. We did uh, Washed Out's 2011 record within and without. And uh, that's a series I've been doing with my cousin. We are 17 volumes deep into it, doing the, the deep dive on records. Been having a lot of fun with that. So uh, check out that. And then, you know, every Friday, new episodes of Dan Cable Presents, conversations usually with an artist coming at you if you're you're new to the thing and, and tuned in because you are a fan of this dude, Mert's son. Um, thank you. Thanks for checking out the thing. And I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to, to previous conversations if you, if you dig it. And, uh, I hope that you, you maybe learn something new about this fellow, maybe that you didn't know about if you were a fan of him. And, uh, don't forget if you're a Portland local, there is free music, going on at Produce Row here in Portland, Oregon, in Southeast Portland every Wednesday and Sunday, Wednesday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sundays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., the late brunch crowd. And this Sunday, the 16th, May 16th, I will be spinning the digital jams down there. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to get back at it. It's been a while. I haven't gotten to do one of these since the, the old pandy kicked in. So pumped to be down there at Produce Row. And then on the 19th, May 19th, got David Pollock, who is a former guest of the podcast and friend of mine. So he'll be down there playing music. And then May 23rd, Ronnie Carrier and Corinne Charlotte got the, uh, the singer-songwriter duo going on the following Sunday. Dead Lee, who's supposed to be a great folk duo on May 26th. And then coming up on May 30th, Dre Slaps. DJ Dre Slaps. Dre uh, was one of the, uh, man, probably one of the first few people I met in the hip-hop scene. Mike Capes was one of the first rappers that came on the show when we were back still doing the uh, the studio sessions at Mountain Air Studios. Shout out to Mountain Air Mike and the and uh, that beautiful space that we had for so long there and, and shot a lot of good stuff in there and really was the foundation for starting this podcast. But uh, Dre came through as uh, Mike Capes' DJ and uh, just have kind of kept up with him since. So I'm stoked to have him at Produce Row. Produce Row information will be in the episode notes as well. Other than that, keep up with Mert's son check into his links, follow his music, give him a follow on Spotify. If you, uh, you're digging what you're hearing. So, uh, he's got more monthly listeners behind him. We're going to kick it off with one of the first tracks that I heard from this dude. And, uh, the one that really got me into his music, it's off his 2020 release, divine intervention episode 254 coming at you. This is The Light by Mert's son. Let's do the damn thing.
Awesome, man. Well, let's go. I I randomly yeah. just kind of stumbled upon your music on Instagram. Like there was some sort of ad that hit me, and it was in promotion for the uh, Divine Intervention record. Yeah. And that probably came about in my feed a couple months ago. Mm. And I I just heard this clip, and I immediately saved it in my iTunes and was like yeah i'm definitely gonna get into this yeah and i checked it out and the light is the first track on that record yeah and man it it resonated quickly it hooked me in quickly i just felt like there was you know so much positivity Mm -hmm. and you know seeking enlightenment and this inward reflection that was represented through just this one track and uh yeah, man, I was just, I was just hooked in right away with what you were doing. That's dope, man, and that's man. I don't, I don't know, every time I just dropped this album, talking about I had a favorite album, but Divine Intervention was special, man. So I, yeah, it's it's dope that you tapped into that first. That's that's cool. That was very intimate, a very intimate album. So that's that's dope. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I, I mean, just the uh, the honesty expressed through it, the vulnerability. I mm-hmm. love the. Uh, I love those little conversation yeah. snippets that exist through the record and, and how those tie it together. Yeah. That was them damn uh, psychedelics, man. Those psychedelic uh, conversations I was having with myself, bro. Yeah. So. Oh, no way. Yeah. That, that was the, 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 the basis of the album was divined around a trip, a couple of trips that I had, you know, trying to find my confidence again. So those conversations were, were the keys to, you know, 
pulling it off and me finding myself again, man. But those conversations actually got just as much plays as the uh, <laughs> the actual songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there's such a, oh man, just a, such a vulnerable look in yeah. to like what it seemed like you were going through or, or mm-hmm. feeling in that moment. And I've definitely... You know, I've done I've done my fair share of intense psychedelic trips, and and it's it's definitely something I like to uh, dip my toes into from time to time to get a little reset or or yeah. maybe just to yeah to, to kind of have some of that inward reflection and dive and deeper see, within, kind of reveal the pieces and shit, and yeah. get away from <laughs> the noise all the noise around, and I I think that it's uh. Man, those experiences are so powerful. Like they've mm-hmm. completely changed my outlook on yeah. on the world, you know. Like and, everything, and just, yeah, yeah, just offers so much perspective. Mm-hmm. It seems. Yeah. Um, when did you start fucking around with psychedelics? Man, last summer it was twenty twenty. No, no, no. So twenty nineteen, um, twenty nineteen, the summer of twenty nineteen, I was introduced to him. Um, I had a good friend who was uh, my sitter during my first trip that was my first time man because i went through a depression and stuff man but i was just telling another guy like when you come out of depression it got like a like a postpartum stage like uh you know what i'm saying where you got to find your footing again where you gotta you gotta build your confidence back up and you know shit, get 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 back centered man and i was missing it I, I had to find what that was and that's how i was that's where the first trip came about you know, and then my second trip was based around, I took the first trip in like uh, August, I, no, November 11th of 2019 was my first trip. And I took the second one around spring of 2020. And it was just trying to, um, trying to find different ways to build better relationships with my kids. I got two babies and I never want to make sure I'm staring them wrong or, you know, want to make sure I'm always yeah. feeding the right light into them, man. So... You know, yeah, that was what the second trip was about. That was actually a bad one, what people talk about. Bad. I wouldn't even say a bad one, but it was one that <laughs> unexpected as hell. It was like <laughs> Had some challenges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. But it it was dope, man. It was still beautiful in the end. But yeah, summer of uh fall of, of twenty nineteen. It was the first first one, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's the crazy thing with, with the psychedelics. You know, you do enough and there there is no uh there's no escaping it. Like you mm-hmm. just have to figure out how to uh, surrender to it. That's it. And even even in those like darker, more more challenging trips, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's and and all the ridiculous metaphors that you <laughs> you see things through mm-hmm. while you're on, while you're on psychedelics is is always very Man, funny because it's, it's, it's usually <laughs> the simplest of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. You'd be surprised, man. Yeah, you would be surprised. But it was dope, man. You you totally like went into it, you know, not as some like party experience, but with like a lot of intent for some like emotional, mental healing and centering type of situation then. Yeah, bro. Like cause I had I don't I don't do anything without fully researching it. Like I have to research it before I dive in and see what it's about so i probably before my first trip i was already studying it probably like four to five months like heavy you know what i'm saying so i knew all about setting my intentions and making sure i'm in the right attitude and you know a good space before doing it and you know just 
making sure I'm in a, you know, a heavenly place, divine place when I do it. And yeah, so now I haven't done one like for fun yet. Like I tried microdosing where I use it for productivity and creativity. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's different. But like far as like a big trip or yeah, I don't now I ain't never done one just for fun, man. It's always I'm seeking something. Like <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. 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 I didn't uh I didn't do any psychedelics. I didn't until I was thirty. That was like almost oh, wow. six years ago. And yeah. uh I also there, there was many, maybe even a, you know, a couple years of listening to people's stories about yeah. doing heavy doses of mushrooms or LSD, and just for me to like really wrap my head around it if I was if I was ready for this yeah. experience, you know. <laughs> and I don't think anything can really prepare you mm-hmm. for uh, something like that because it's obviously everybody's own individual right. trip, yep. and you know, maybe the, maybe the people around you can have some some influence on on that but uh yeah i think it was just kind of nice to to understand some of the the more positive medical research that's been done and Mm -hmm. you know that that uh there's a lot of propaganda like built around psychedelics and you know just because you did acid one time doesn't mean that you're gonna turn into an orange (laughs) and start peeling your own skin or some shit go crazy yeah (laughs) commit suicide bro i've never like the stories that you hear that they've created around psychedelics like for fear is just wild bro because i'm like like no matter how dark it can get like it, it comes out positive every single time like there's no way you can go that deep and come out without light unless you just i don't know i don't know you ain't from here or something but <laughs> like <laughs> but you know it's always light to it man so I, I always say not to get too political but like anytime the government bans something it gotta be some good like <laughs> in, <laughs> in it somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah they found a squeeze on it somewhere right <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so you know going into that to like maybe center your confidence and you even you talk about that in in one of those little conversational pieces with yourself about feeling like maybe you've never really had much self-confidence where do you find yourself with that at this point in your life maybe a couple years removed from those experiences mm-hmm. man it's crazy now because um i feel like i'm i'm there like you hear like in my albums, like the album that I just dropped yesterday, uh, Interstate Soul, y'all, is uh, available on all platforms. Um, sure is. Yeah. And but with that album, like each album, like my first album, I was going through depression. My second album was like me realizing I'm in depression. So now how can I fix myself and start fixing my bloodline? Divine intervention was, OK, I'm healed. Let me find my confidence. Then I dropped the EP called The Morning After. With that album was kind of me, all right, now I'm getting set in my ways. I'm finding my footing. You know what I'm saying? I'm at where I want to be. But this album here was like, I'm fully me. Like, I'm fully Mertzen. Like, I'm, I I have my foundation in my life. I know what's me. I know what ain't me. Um, I know the type of energy I, I, I need to be around. It's like I'm fully know myself, and I'll come to terms with uh, the good and the parts about myself that, that need improvement. I ain't going to say bad, but like, you know, I come to terms with everything and now I'm about to talk my shit about it, like about my journey. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's what this album is. Like, I felt like on my first few albums, I was healing. So it was just pure emotion. I was still, I was looking for myself, but now I'm here. So now I'm able to use my brain and create, but I feel like I'm a 
pretty confident as individual now, man. Like I, I know what I'm here for. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's killer. It's um, like I don't know. It doesn't. It's it never feels like this necessarily like this braggadocious attitude. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you offer such a uh, such like a candid look in to what's going on in your in your head and in your life and like in your heart. Yeah, you know throughout throughout the tracks man like you're the type of artist i guess when you listen to your music there's no way that you you don't learn something about that person yeah. you know it seems like a real look in it's not always like this mysterious thing going on it's it's like the literal things going on yeah. in your head and and the process of of growth and reconciliation with mm-hmm. shit it do man that's how it be bro it's every, like i don't write shit that i can't that I can't feel or that I ain't lived. Like everything that I speak, like everything that I say have come from a real ass place, something I've been through and, you know, I want to help somebody else with it. Like, so it got to come from a real place. I cause I can't lie. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't preach to you if I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I like, <laughs> so it got to come from a real space, man. Like, yeah, you right. When did you, uh, when did you get into music, man? Man, that's why. Um, shout out to my brother. Yesterday was his uh his death anniversary as well. My brother Dale. Um, I always drop my project on like my ancestors' birthdays or my ancestors, you know, death anniversaries. You know, just to uplift them. Ah, yeah. So I love that, man. That's that's fucking cool, man. Man, I love it, bro. And the producer that helped me with this album, um, Sean Reckless. You know, he did all the production on here. Um, he was so cool with, you know, I was like, bro, is it cool we dropping on May 5th since it's around where we we trying to drop? He was like, hell yeah. But um, my brother, he was the biggest influence. So I started, he's always did music. I would be like in the fifth and sixth grade, I'd find his old rap notebooks. Um, he used to do shows when I was little. Like he'd be like, I got a show tonight. He would leave and, you know, it'd be crazy. I'd be little knowing he did music, but I had never really seen him emerged in it so i was just finding these these clips and shit but the music was like heavy in my house because i'm my brother was 20 years older than i was and my sister okay. is like 10 years older than i am than i am so and my mom she's 40 years old when she had me so i got like every fucking generation of music in my household but oh, uh, wow. yeah man it's crazy so old school tupac biggie um swv like this is all of the music i brought up on like 90s and in this old shit from like 50s on but um i would just constantly hear it i ain't start partaking in music till i was like eighth grade um i would start writing raps it'd be summer summertime around my grandma's house with my cousins and we just write some shit on some paper and he had these corny ass nicknames i can't even remember them now but like <laughs> hell yeah, dude. yeah man everybody had a nickname so you know we would just scribble rhymes. Um, and then 10th grade was when um, I just started freestyling. We always freestyled, but then I started, like, battling. Uh, battling rappers and battling artists. And shit was dope. I kind of fell in love with, with that then. I didn't really start writing songs to about my senior year of high school. I had clicked with a guy from high school who made beats. He had a studio at his crib and um, started learning how to do shit on my own. And... um. Yeah, bro, so it started right around, I always been around it, but I ain't start really doing it to about 8th grade, you know, 12 or 13. Yeah. I mean, that seems pretty early too, man. Like, just to, especially you're talking about just doing like kind of a lot of freestyling, 
and battling and stuff like that. Mm. I would, uh, I would imagine maybe learning that way made it kind of gave you some insight when you were writing about just like the mechanics of like how things would be delivered when you were actually writing it and kind of knowing what you needed to do to deliver something. Yeah. To get in that space. I did to do that with this album. Cause sometimes we get away from, uh, we get away from my teachers. We get away from the shit that taught us, you know what I'm saying? And making this album, like, cause with this album, I told you I'm gonna find my confidence. So every line that I wanted to write, I wanted to slap you upside the head. Like, like what the hell did he just say with every rhyme, no matter what I was talking about. So, but to get in that space, sometimes I had to freestyle because when you freestyle, you're releasing that, that raw energy. So whatever comes out is coming from a damn pure, a pure place. You know what I'm saying? So I was freestyling a lot doing this album because I hadn't been doing it because I had been writing from an emotional place for so damn long, like in a healing place. I was able to get <laughs> get free yeah. on this shit, man. So, but using freestyling like throughout Interstate Soul, man, it was it was a, a useful, beautiful tool that I had. Yeah. When you started writing in high school, though, were you kind of always coming from this place of using it really as like this confessional or stream of consciousness, real vulnerable with what you were uh, writing down? Yeah, it was always like emotional to some point. Like um, in high school, I'm pretty much writing just love songs and shit. And, um, you know, songs about myself, just like punchlines and, you know, not really nothing. It has substance, but not nothing that's trying to, it's, it's about to change somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, yeah, right. you know, but the songs didn't really start getting, I started putting my heart and my emotion in and shit too. And my mom first started getting sick and I'm the only one at the crib taking care of her and you know, money low and, you know, shit start getting tough. And then I need an outlet. I need something to, I need a way to get this out because I'm losing my damn mind. So, you know, that's like my early 20s there. You know, when I really start, you know, getting out of high school right early, like a couple of years after high school. But, yeah, I always been attached to my feelings somehow. High schools, it was just love songs, like really. Like <laughs> high school sweetheart. For sure. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All you know about the world is getting your heart broken. That's chasing, it, bro. <laughs> chasing after people, unrequited love and shit. Right. <laughs> Thinking we know what this shit is. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're my forever. Right. <laughs> like, boy, you're 16. Right. Little did you know. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's it, though. Yeah. But you always found that that space is like a comfort space when you did start writing from Man. more of like that vulnerable spot. Like it, it was always a good outlet for your your mental health. Yeah, it's always been it, and um, that's why it's crazy. Like I, I just I ain't fallen into a love with hip hop until like this last like four or five months, because you know hip hop and music was really just a tool. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I always used it as that thing to get me through to to clarify my thoughts to, to help me heal understand myself um that's really what it was it was really for i had shit i had fun with um like my homie that i rap with now he on the record label og bay harris like he been there since like 2011 2012 him like you know shit got fun with him i would still be rapping about what i'm going through but yeah we, had, we was out there talking shit then like 
Yeah, back in the, <laughs> when we first started out, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, his verse on uh on What's Up <laughs> on Interstate Soul is killer. Yeah, bro. Man, I, yeah, he killed it, bro. I already knew what he, he was because I knew the perspective I was coming from. And um, What's Up is so funny, bro, because this introduced me and Sean Reckless relationship, like our first disagreement. You know what I'm saying? That's how we knew how the rest of this this is about to go. You know, cause um he sent the what's up beat and I was like, God damn, like this is tough. Like it's cool to curse on your show. I heard cursing on it before, but yeah, I absolutely, be you're good, cool. you're good. Okay. Nah, cool. So um I curse a lot. <laughs> Let it fly. It's an uncensored program. <laughs> cool, bro. So um yeah, I had wrote my verse to it and I wrote a second verse to what's up. But the whole song was just too fucking cool. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have it was just yeah. just too cool. And I ain't like it. Like anytime I release something, man, like it gotta feel right. Like it gotta really like I just gotta really feel it because I was like, I'm trying to get a message out. You know, I'm talking about the Willie Lynch. Like <laughs> why we look at each other the way we do, you know what I'm saying? You know, black folk. So it's it's wild. So I was like, I gotta have balance on this song. I wanna give an educational standpoint instead of my perspective i want to give somebody that, that i know is going to come with some heavy ass verbiage some some lyrics mm-hmm. and he's going to give you a history lesson and, and slap you with these balls all at the same time and i knew he would kill that shit the way he did man and he got on there he sent that trap back i went crazy and i was like man this is it so i send <laughs> i send the track to sean and um you know, I ain't hear back from him. When I text him, I was like, man, I like you you did the track, bruh. And he was like, um, he said, I like it. It's a dope track. He was like, but I think it'll sound better if you was all the way on there. He was like, he said, that cool vibe that you got, and, you know, he said, I want that, that shit to be cool if you wrote it all the way out. And I was like, yeah, it would. I was like, but I don't want to bore the listener neither. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can only be cool for so damn long. Like, so. Can't keep it all in in one gear. Yeah. So, we didn't know what we was going to do with the track anyways. It was just, he sent me a beat. Because he found me through an Instagram ad. It's dope. I I just started. 2020 was the year I learned how to market. I guess we'll get into that later if it's time. But um, with Sean, so, he sat on it for about two days, I remember. And he came back. Yeah, he texted me the next day after that. He was like, man, you know, I was letting some guys listen to it at work and, you know, that I work with. And, I, you know, I'm around. And he's like, they were saying the same thing, you know, that I'm saying. I was like, you know, all right, cool. You know, to me, I was like, it'd just be a track that I listen to on my own. Like, <laughs> you know, I got a good song. So, um, with Reckless, about a couple of days later, he came back. He was like, man, this shit is fire. He was like, man, he was like, I see what you mean now. He was like, this is... This is dope. He was like, man, he was all for it. And that's how, that was our first single dropping together. But yeah, OG Pay Harry my dude, And because your skin is dark, you can't shine bright. They got you thinking because you got some bread that you the shit. And treat your brother that's got less with so much disrespect. They know that when we come together, we gon' fix our crime. It's beautiful black souls when I look around. That Willie Lynch crap, I'm here to shut it down. I'm sending love, I hope it travels to you like this sound. What's good? How you been? How's the fam? What's up? How you feel? I wish you well. Crack a smile. Show some love. Come on. What's good? What's up? How you been? What's up? How's the fam? Yeah. What's up? How you feel? Let's I wish it, you well. 
yeah. crack a smile, yeah. show some love. love. Was conversing with my fellow African about yeah. our experience. World will drive you mad, have your thoughts going delirious. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel, so they view our kind as ignorant. Yeah. My opinion, you can only describe us as diligent. Belligerent attempts to keep the family divided. Quintel nah. Pro was started, cause they fear us all united. Fact. Rather have you burn your own hood down in a riot than to plot and plan your way out of the sewers they provided for Facts. the children of the traffic. Yeah. Let go of these classes, views that we've adapted from the British Anglo Saxon. You, my brother. Whether you laid up in a mansion or in the hood lamping Trying to provide for your fam, I overstand all that has happened So when you hear me rapping, it's with passion Cause I'm putting our collective pain in action It's bigger than the dollar or amount of fans clapping I'm here to build a bridge to the ones they left lacking What's happening? How you been? How's the fam? What's up? How you feel? I wish you well it's cool when you can like get out of your own way and see other people's ideas because obviously you know when you sent him the track with just you rapping on it you know he he probably got used to that and was just like oh this is fucking cool but then you're introducing this whole other element that you know he's he's not ready to see yet so it's always cool when people i don't know they're like amidst collaboration when someone can uh kind of relinquish their their pride or something and, yeah. and just be like and this, all right i'll trust in i'll trust in your vision right for this one and that's what was beautiful to me right there because he never heard the one i did by myself like the the two verses like because me when i heard it i was just like automatically knew that this wasn't it you know the second verse was tough but i was like this ain't this ain't it i ain't even send it to him so it made it even better for me that he came around because i was like cool he see the vision and I've even had times during this relationship as well where he'll send me a beat, I do my thing on it, and he don't like the way I ended it or something. And I change it and do it his way, and I'm like, all right, bro, I see what you're talking about. Like, this beat should ride, like, for another damn 30, 45 seconds. Like, <laughs> like sure. this shit slapping. But, but yeah, bro, like, just understanding that relationship and letting the ego, when you drop ego from everything, man, like, shit happens, like, completely. Yeah. Absolutely. So everything you're doing with Sean is is remotely. You're never like in the same room working on stuff together. Nah, that was my first time doing that, man. Like um working on a whole album with somebody that's that's that he in Georgia, I'm in Charlotte. So, you know, we hours away. We were supposed to get up um the video we just dropped, a freeform video that I shot. I had the record label with me in it. Sean was supposed to come down for that video, but he wasn't feeling too well. So he didn't make it. So we were so excited for that time to get up, but it ain't happened. But everything we did, bro, was over, over through text, and we Facetime probably a, probably a couple times, and yeah, everything was remotely. He'll send the track. I do all the engineering, so I do everything here. Okay. And send it back to him, and yeah, he 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 vibe with it. Yeah, we were working. Mm. When did you start kind of picking up on the the engineering side of things? I always had like a a niche for it because I had the guy. I had a guy who house I was recording over in high school, um, but that relationship changed like crazy. So I was like, you know, I got to get my own shit, you know. So I went and bought my own stuff. Um, first little mic, it was like a hundred dollars. Um, I had brought like a little um, preface, like a little studio one, um, so uh, personas joint. And I was working on this old school ass Mac, um, like Windows computer. 
like the ones with the fat long backs. And I <laughs> I actually didn't get rid of that computer. I recorded my first album on that joint. So oh, shit. yeah, bro. So um ever since back in the day, like 2011, 2012, when me and OG Bay Harris, we was out here in the streets and working on our own stuff, you know. That's where the record label name came from, Remount Classes. I would just have everybody over, like, in my little-ass room, and we will all just be rocking out, man, like, friends or whoever spit, you know what I'm saying? My mama would be across the oh, hallway, yeah. uh, <laughs> listening to the music, cooking us dinner and shit. It was just cool, bro. So, Fuck yeah. Yeah, so that's why you, the little Remount Classic sign, that's why you see the little house, because that's, that's what we had. But ever since back in the day, man, that's all I did was, like, I'd be the one where everybody leaves trying to make it sound the best I could. So, you know, mm. before we put it on these CDs and try to go out here and sell them, you know. And, yeah, man, like, that's – I always had an itch for it And I just have to do it. Like, it's because it got to – it got to feel like me because I don't put shit out that I don't feel. So it got to – I got to get my point across because I <laughs> – like, you know what I'm saying? If, it, if I'm not getting my point across, you just ain't going to hear it. Oh, I'm going to be working on that shit until I get it there. But yeah, I've been on for sure. engineering for a while, man. I just I love the process. It just it teaches me so much about myself. Yeah. Do you also just like really dig that you're not kind of at the will of somebody else's work ethic when it comes to that stuff? And if you want to get a project done, you can just dig into it, and you don't have to wait for anyone. Man, I love that shit, man. Like it's it's so convenient. And um, but now I'm getting to the point where I got so much going on. I got some questions to ask you too, like later on on a different call or something about your podcast. I have a podcast too, but um, I know I know. So, I'm so to ask you about what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, with that. so we'll get into it. But um, I got so much that I have that I'm doing, man, and I realize that I'm not going to always be able to take that time and engineer. So I'm going to have to one day, you know, let that go. You know, what I'm saying? I know that yeah. shit going to be tough, but I'm going to have to, you know, relinquish, relinquish that control. You know, and let somebody sure. do it. But yeah, but while I can do it, I'm gonna do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did that? Did that also just like kind of help you establish yourself within, you know, the the music people of of Charlotte or that area of just like you kind of being the guy that knew how to record and and put together tracks and stuff like that. Did that help you form a lot of relationships with people? Maybe you wouldn't have come across man hell no because i'm so with me bro i don't i'm just now learning how to work with people i'm not a good person to work with because during my depression i was always by myself like you got to be by okay. yourself to heal you know what i'm saying so i had homeboys like they're my homeboys now like they're since high school that i didn't talk to them for almost two or three years you know i would see them in passing or talk to them every now and then but they still my homies now because they understood that that's what the fuck I had to do to get to where I am now. You know what I'm saying? That's why I love them to death. So during that time, I was always by myself. I didn't know how to work with people. I had my homeboys I would record with, but I didn't really have to have or need the relationship because everything I that I needed to do, I can just go to my room or my garage and take care of it. Um, so with this album, too, it's completely different from me because my first three albums, I was alone as well. You know, looking for the beats, you know, engineering and everything. I didn't have to send it to anybody to to make it sure it was okay for them or you know yeah. you know what I'm saying? If it sounds good to me, then it's a damn go. So my relationship now is starting to grow from like early because we we took a break 
um, for a long time with our music. Um, after my depression was when I was feeling strong enough to get back in this shit consistently and go. I had my life together, so I was ready now. So um, I got out performing more, and that's why I started meeting the people in the city. You know what I'm saying? And getting out there, because all the people that I knew that we used to know back in the day from when we performed, they were old cats, so they long gone. So, but now I'm getting out here with these new cats that's opening up venues and throwing events every week. You know, we got a record label, so we started throwing our own events as well. But yeah, yeah, we were networking and building a relationship with just performing and doing that. But far as the engineering and stuff, like I offer it to a few people, you know what I'm saying, that I can work with because I can't work with anybody. Like they got to be cool. Mm -hmm. So, but now like, with the engineering, man, it's really just strictly in house. Like, Later on, I'm thinking about or uh, trying to learn how to branch it out, you know, business-wise, but I ain't quite there yet. So I just keep that in-house and, yeah, people just know I do it. They be like, man, dog, you you killed it, bro. Like, <laughs> appreciate it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never been to Charlotte. What is, uh, what's that music scene like or what is that, that community like? Obviously, we're we're in the midst of a, you know tying up a pandemic here so i know not not too much crazy shit's been going on i'm sure the last year but man you'd be surprised you know, is, there, is there some cool <laughs> cool little music spots down there yeah man they got um it's a couple people that um they do like frequent open mics in the city like we got this one open mic here called lyrical healing by portia the poet shout out portia um she goes every fucking saturday hard and it's a healing space it's not like a crazy scene where you get all types of hip-hop coming through like every poet or every artist that get up there is you know healing they're they giving their all on the mic or they're there to inspire somebody else or it's just a lifting as you know vibe man and um ioska um seven she's on our record label um she hosts the open mic uh once a month it's a poetry open mic me and og Bay harris will go there and be feature artists and we perform there and the poets and shit come on but that's another intimate loving healing space you know what i'm saying so you got the the variety events and the club events that people do and they host you know i don't really get into that too often you know not unless i i feel like i can i can get something from it or you know what i'm saying or promote or get benefit from it somehow if i can't benefit from it or it's gonna help me i'm right here in the house with my kids so like, right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I figure the shit out behind screen if I need to. But For the scene, sure. yeah. But the the music scene is dope, man. Um, Charlotte, what they call it, the NBA night or NBA music night? It was the first year they did it in Charlotte last year, but it was a cool that we could go out and perform and you know um, apply to a uh, perform and it really gave local artists a chance to get on this performing right there in the damn. In the middle of the basketball court in front of the damn city. Like, it was, it's dope. A bunch of opportunity out here. Different festivals throughout the year. Um, but the mu music scene popping, man. Like, it's, it's a plenty of opportunity in Charlotte for artists to really go out there and blossom however they want to. As long as they ain't getting caught up in that wave. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I know, I know from listening to the music, you know, you've... Uh, you you've been through the throes of depression and and uh experienced a lot of you know turmoil and tragedy through your life and stuff uh what uh 
I'm assuming like the depression really hits heavy. Like you lose your brother and your mom in the same year in 2015 same year, bro. Yeah. So same is that kind of like what really put you in the throes of, of depression and yeah, man, it was a, yeah, just life in general. I had that shit going on. Talk about that on the first album. Uh, thanks for asking, um, is what got me through my depression. Cause I wasn't doing music for a while. I would, <laughs> be promising my, my little following I had on Facebook. I'm going to drop a song every Sunday and I'll fucking fade away. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> go out there and start living again, you know. But I had yeah. uh, knee surgery. I had uh, I had a daughter. Um, I just, I was, women, I could not, I was fucking horrible. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, keep my dick in my pants. Like, I just couldn't, you know what I'm saying? I just couldn't be faithful. Like, um, my love life was a mess. Um you know, and just couldn't get it right. So when you in depressed and you break into all these pieces during your depression, you have to build yourself back up. And I had those different parts about myself. Like it wasn't just my mom and my brother. Losing them is what opened the door to everything else that I had going on within. Like good solid dude, but you know, cheating on a regular opens up all kinds of pathways to the negatives of yourself. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I feel like any any time you uh, maybe experience something that like shifts your foundation, it kind of like that is just the the thing that opens up the door to you realizing all these other things going on with you. Yeah, it do, man. And during that time, like um, yeah, just not being faithful. That shit had turned into a liar. It had turned into a cheater. Um, my life was all over the place. Um, some shit went on with my family too after my mom died um, within my family and that shit was a mess so yeah I was just a ball bro music thanks for asking was the outlet as I was going through different stuff you know it, uh, a different song came from it or a different feeling or a different emotion um, but yeah that's yeah losing losing my mom and my brother opened up the door to to the depression but it was so much more going on I just really had to get my life in order you know but yeah that was the yeah. two big parts of it yeah and yeah for sure and i don't know i've 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 learned over the last few years just how uh how powerful death is you know <clears throat> when you experience that and and just what a big shift that can put upon your life or like how it can change your your outlook on things or affect your mental and whatnot yeah, man. Maybe said this shit ain't promised like it is. I know it taught me that. And losing them had opened up the door to my fear of death. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that shit became a part of my depression because I was living in fear. And that's another thing that that the, the psychedelics had brought out as well was, you know, eliminating the, the fear of death. Like I had to get rid of that shit because I feel like I couldn't. You can't live to your your full potential if you learn about when you're gonna go. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I had to get rid of that. I had to get my life in order, health wise, because what killed my mother and my brother was shit that they could have prevented if they would have eaten right, if they would have worked out. You know, congestive heart failure, and they had diabetes and high blood pressure and shit, like all kinds of things that were contributing to their health. So, I was overweight for a while. So losing them was like, all right, bro, like, that's what About Dale came in. You know where, 
my second album. Like after I healed from depression, you know what took your family away from here. So now what are you going to do to prevent you from leaving here before, you know, your babies are ready for you to leave here or before you ready yeah. to like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I had to turn turn them turn them L's into lessons, them losses into lessons. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, it's a it's a real mind fuck when you start thinking about mortality and whatnot, you know? And it's just like everybody dies and it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. And you just got to roll with the punches and just know that your number might get called at, at any moment. Right. So ain't no point of worrying about this shit. I got to go out here and, and just live, man. That's how I look at life now, bro. That's why I don't sweat nothing, man. Like, it is what it is. We only here for a damn moment. We are a grain of sand. That's my favorite quote, man. Like, we are just a grain of sand on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> All buddy. it takes is <laughs> one wash of the wave or... One wind to blow too hard and we and we're gone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, ain't that, shit to worry uh, about. <laughs> that patience though can be its own motherfucker to like to learn. You know, I feel like that's at least for me is this ever changing constant battle of like maintaining yeah. patience or uh learning to be patient or more patient and there's so many facets of and levels to it. Yeah, it is, man. That was divine intervention as well. I had a song on there called "Be Patient with Yourself," and yep, one of yeah, my favorites on man, that on that man. one for sure, man. <laughs> That's my damn alarm clock, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So that "Be Patient with Yourself," man. Like I really had to learn that. Like you got to quit beating yourself up, bro. Like you do everything. Like you're on nobody's time to grow or evolve. Like calm your ass down and just let let things move how it's supposed to. And your time, man, yeah, your time. that be patient. Time, but you the time is our greatest teacher. Take your time, nigga. Thank you. You came out a yeah. dark place yeah. that they don't make it right. out. That's your biggest testimony, brother. Yell about it. You had the dark nights thinking on your front porch, yeah. smoking packs of weed, drinking liquor by the courts. You had the nights when you was high in tears from your right. daughter. Your daddy dead, and you blamed him for your own problems. Right. But then you sobered up and gathered all your fucks to mm-hmm. give to show the demons that you had a better way to live. Yeah. Praise God, but to yourself, you are truly in debt. You worked your ass off, my brother. You deserve a check for life, for happiness, and peace of mind. I watched you polish up well. Now enjoy your shine. You know that quote, building wrong, don't take a day. Now settle down and take your time and get out your way. Yeah, be patient with yourself. Right, right. Be patient with yourself, nigga. Yeah, be patient with yourself. Right, right. Take your time. So, uh, where does, what kind of triggers your, uh, your like spiritual resurrection, man? Like what, what gets you moving in the direction to where you're at now, where you're feeling that confidence and, and, uh, maybe you've, have done a lot of the intense inward work. Mm. Yeah. Just, uh, that thought and that, that, um, like if I don't do it, it ain't gonna get done. Like that's how I look at yeah, it. yeah I, man that's how I look at every fucking thing like if you don't do it who's gonna do it ain't nobody gonna do it for you you know what I'm saying that comes to and I use that with everything that's in my marriage that's in them with the kids rehearsing engineering it's just like it you you are the answer to everything so when you feeling like 
you can't get up or you're feeling like you're too down to do something or you you lack of that confidence, like, you got to do it because it ain't going to get done if you don't. So get your ass up, you know, quit whining. That's where energy came from. Like, you're the man yep. to do it. Ain't nobody else to go out here and do that shit for you. Yeah. I depend on me. I depend on me. Like <laughs> responsibilities be bending me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's real, yeah, man. man. So yeah. I gotta do it. So that's that's my deadline to everything. My bottom line to everything, man. Is that I I'm the one that gotta do it. So I gotta get up and do it. For sure. Yeah. Just kind of that whole uh you can only water the, the flowers in your own garden kind of deal. Listening to the music, it just uh, it it just evokes like a lot of inward reflection for myself. So I just appreciate it for that. That's dope. That's why I do it, man. Like this, people ask me all the time. Like, and somebody asked me, it was like last week, or but they asked me about riding a wave or being a trend. Like, how do I avoid those things? And I avoid it because I know what the hell I'm here for. I don't care what's popping them all. I don't care what's popping this week. I don't care what pop for this artist or what pop for that. I ain't here for that shit. I'm here because <laughs> I know that everybody go through some shit. And if you if I have a way to contribute to help other people, I'm going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like this is, to come into this life and see everything as messed up or as crazy as it is, as it is and choose not to do something about it is just like like, come on, now. you, you got to be bigger than that. So that's, that's how I look at shit, man. Like, that's how I look at this music. What what ways can I, I contribute to humanity? You know what I'm saying? I've been through a lot. You know, I've I've lost a lot. You know, I've gained a lot. I know a lot of people. I've traveled so many walks of life as far as religion, politics, the people I've met, things I've been involved in. I have a lot of damn experience with this shit. So I'm going to talk about it and help the next person out that may be going through something. So, like I said, I don't care about what's popping or not. You know what I'm saying? What Everything I do is meant to be timeless because it's gonna people going to be suffering <laughs> always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that, like, about Dale, and thanks for asking, those are only a couple years old, but even going back to those, I feel like everything could be a song that came out yesterday, you know, mm -hmm. thinking about uh moments of clarity on thanks for asking man yeah and uh you talk a lot about you know finding finding your freedom finding your own freedom in that track yeah, thank you mama for these moments of clarity 
My people being shot in the news every evening They wanna spread their energy and my people feed it Every riot, every protest Uncle Sam eating They call it spiritual warfare, battle watch your demons They call me every type of nigga when I wasn't marching But who the fuck gon' feed my kids if they out here starving? Who gon' show a brother the light when it's getting darker? Who provides the laxative when shit is getting harder? Valid questions from a nigga trying to find himself Valid questions from someone who's living for himself I tried to build with fuck but niggas out here playing Jenga one like to live, I can't spend it, I help pointing fingers So I develop the mind for everyday living Let my light shine and touch anyone in distance Be a recipient for the light that I'm giving And understand that the God in me is never ending In the midst of this hell, it was just me At the I'm peak curious, of my eyes, it was just me You know, Everything at this state of things and, and obviously this is a long, a long, uh, a long history of racial injustice in the world and like specifically in America. So like, how do you kind of like compartmentalize that and still find your own freedom and, and, uh, not that just not let that completely fuck up your, your day or, or your shit in general. Yeah, man, that shit tough, bro. That you asked that. I got a couple songs. That's what about Dale is about right there. Um, transcendence was one of those songs as well but when moments of clarity sparked that because during my depression bro when i lost my mama and my brother it was like a year before i started feeling it because i was doing everything that i could to avoid the pain to avoid to sit down and think about them and i think alton sterling had just gotten killed and i jumped into activism so freaking hard like marching you know what i'm saying i was always in the politics um, I became an even more angry black man. You know what I'm saying? Like, black people made me angry because I felt like they wasn't up to par or, you know what I'm saying? Like, up the up to speed or conscious as I am. You know what I'm saying? And I'm finna tell, I'm finna show how this leading back to how I had to, like, change this shit. So this is, like, the mindset that I'm thinking about. I'm angry at white folk because of everything that's going on all of them like at this point in time I'm thinking like all white people yeah. got something in them you yeah. know what i'm saying like sure. so this angry man that i'm walking around and it wasn't until one night i was getting ready um they were having a big old alton sterling had just got killed and it was a big old rally that was going like riot that was going down and um i was getting ready to take my dumb ass out there and my girl she was like you really finna go out there and i'm like yeah yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, damn. So I'm driving there. I'm probably like almost there. And I have this thought where it's like, damn, if you go out here and get killed, like who gonna take care of your kids? Damn, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was the first time. So I ain't come all the way out of it yet. It was one more time where it was a riot going on downtown. And I was a part of the Huey P. Newton Gun Club. Beautiful people um, that I was with. I met so many beautiful people during this time, bro. It was a beautiful gun club. And the people in it were beautiful. They did more than just talk about guns. It was really like a building community. But they were going downtown to protect, you know, people that were protesting that the police may try to take advantage of or abuse. They weren't going down there to be yeah. violent. They were going down there to be pretty much security. But, um, you know, we walking into the city. And in my head, I'm having these same thoughts. Like, like what the fuck are you doing? Like. <laughs> like you really get who got babies like real though sit and ask yourself like if something happened to you who's going to take care of your kids so then 
I was like, damn, that was my moment, my first moments of clarity. You know what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. I was like, like this shit is bigger. Like you gotta go home and really think about your priorities. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you do care about black people. But you know what I'm saying? These black people out here that you going out here finna get killed for ain't gonna be taking care of your family. You know, so you need to think about yourself. So I went I go home and I start thinking about myself. I start falling back from activism a little bit. I even had people talking shit about me and all kinds of stuff, but I ain't give a fuck because I realized then what was more important was my family. So then I start studying more. Me, I always been internal. You know what I'm saying? So I start digging deeper within self. Like, what are you really mad at? You mad at shit you don't understand. Anytime a person is angry is because they don't understand some shit. You know what I'm saying? So I had done enough studying black history. So then I started studying European history. You know what I'm saying? Started studying white people. Everything that they've been through as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like you go through history, it, it gets all the bad negative things about it from, from a, a black person's perspective. You know, colonizers or slavery, starting slavery, all of this shit. You get all of that bad stuff. But the way I looked at white folk, I said, damn. They're trying to break generational curses, too. I was like, you know, they don't want to live like their great, great ancestors did. Or their great, great grandfathers are live by the same things that they're, that they're you know, that been, shit has been afflicting on. I was like, they're, you know, good white people. Like, <laughs> you, let the, <laughs> you let the rage get you balled up to where, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you're just blinded. So I was like, you know, they're trying to break generational curses as well. And... After moments of clarity came empathy because empathy is what sealed the deal for me. That got me through depression. I was talking to a white lady um, at the bus station and she was just sitting there just pouring her heart out to me, telling me everything that she had going on. Um, Man, it was just so she was like, damn, uh, man, her mom, her father had died. She had a brother left that wasn't taking care of her. He's filthy rich, but she's broke as shit like. She was just going through, like really going in, man, like everything that was wrong with her. And I was like, damn, her life is more fucked up than yours. And I was like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So then you you break the barrier of 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 the color. That's that's what did it for me. I was like, it took color out of. Yes, I know I make my music to heal people and to help people and definitely help the people who look like me, most definitely. But I understand that the shit is bigger than that as well. We gotta look at humanity. So I break free me by simplifying things and always looking at the bigger picture i don't give a fuck what goes on in between i don't care about who fighting over what who fighting over what i see where the problem is and i can i've studied where the problems may lie and that's what i'm focused on i'm focused on the soul i don't give a fuck about the skin like you know what i'm saying like i help the people who look like me i go in for them because i realize you know we're suffering but humanity as a whole is suffering as well and that's why I step in and do my part. But moments of clarity, man, that was the the beginning mindset to me is rising above that color because transcendence is where that came in. And bro, I know I get winded too. So if you get short on time or anything, bro, you let me know. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm here for it, man. Hey, I, I'm here for it. That's what's so. I just like to get warns. I get chatty. So <laughs> and um, with transcendence, I broke the barrier of black. Because when every time you think about the color black, you think of all the negative things that come with it. And that's how I was looking at myself and black people. You know what I'm saying? Thinking that, you know, every time 
I see the police. I'm expecting to be shot. I'm expecting to be harassed. I'm expecting to be less than because of everything has told me that shit. They got to break bigger than that shit. I'm like, I don't look at myself like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So It's still fucked, though, that that's the way it has to be. You know? It, it's uh, like... I don't know. It's just yeah that you got to go through all that work, right? Fucked up and like, <laughs> yeah, and hard to like understand. And man, I totally, especially at this point, um, I totally understand when you know when a when a black person says "fuck white people," like yeah. I get it at this point, you know. And and I just like try to not take it personal because I feel like that shit is directed at some very hateful yeah. white people. You get that it. Have have been. I don't know, man. I th- like the whole thing to me is like a whole lot of miseducation that, and it seems like, you know, you just don't really even realize that maybe brainwash is a, an extreme term, but like to some degree, it feels like we get this like fucking whitewashed version of history mm-hmm. for everybody that's growing up like in America in public schools. You know, we just like don't, we, we, we don't even like really know, so, you know, you're not really taught that. Yeah. Like these yeah. white people came in and colonized this place in a real fucked up way. Yeah. And, they, and they did it all over the world. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it didn't like Lincoln didn't just end slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that, that wasn't where, you know, MLK's I have a dream didn't, didn't wrap shit up yeah like it wasn't it wasn't just like every and everybody was cool and walked hand in hand yeah Yeah. so i don't know it's just like you're right bro that's and that's that's what life is it's hard it is man reprogramming yourself is what i call it everything that you talk is is like yeah dude yeah you gotta relearn that shit there's this uh this theologian that i like a lot his name is richard Rohr, and uh He's like this real mystical Catholic dude who uh, he doesn't really, uh, I don't know, fuck too much with the the dogmatic stuff of that that religion can, you know, get wrapped up in. Yeah. And he's, Richard Rohr. he's got this Richard Rohr and he's got this, this he's got a, um, a lot of great books, but recently I read this one called The Immortal Diamond. And the whole thing is just that everybody, each of us has an immortal diamond, like within our soul, you know? And, but it's, it's kind of, you spend a lot of your adult life having to like unlearn what you've been taught so that you can like really find what's inside. That's real. Find, find out everything that you're not. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's damn reverse, man. <laughs> yeah. But that shit is work, man. That's that's work. And that's what finding yourself. When you start finding yourself, man, you 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 see less color. And when I took black out the picture, man, life was fucking phenomenal for me. I started realizing the power I do have and the power that I could I could I could use this power to to really make change. Yeah, when I took color out the picture. But that's how I do it. I, I just really look at the bigger picture, bro yeah for sure but it also seems like you know you maintain like this consciousness of wanting to like amend your bloodline and things like that like you were talking about you know and and doing those kind of like 
repairs and having to deal with like that ancestral trauma and shit mm-hmm. like that yeah. you know so it's not i like that you you know you're not like completely eliminated from the equation you you understand that it's yeah like, you got there you're right, right bro you, you gotta do that work because that's that's where we're hurt the most because we're focused on everything that society has in front of you instead of the shit that's in your crib you know what i'm saying yeah. Like, yeah, you get it. Like, especially now with social media, man. Man, yeah, Every, you're so distracted. Yeah, fucking lose a couple hours to Instagram for no reason. Man, I swear, just scrolling. Yeah, just scrolling. <laughs> the same thing I'm doing on Netflix and Hulu. I'm not even watching anything. I'm just scrolling just through to time. see what's there. <laughs> right. <laughs> By the time I'm ready to watch something, it's time to go to bed. Just burning time. That's what people do. Is they just make <laughs> shit to hold your attention, man. So I'm like, nah, <laughs> I ain't trying to do it. So I'm gonna focus on some shit that really matter. <laughs> so with like something like about Dale, that's obviously like a super important record and s- symbolic, you know, and and obviously has a lot of memory attached to you. Your brother, is it important for you to, like, keep relics around of, of your mom and your brother and, like, lots of pictures of them yeah, to, bro. like, keep that spirit alive? Sit back there. Okay. That, All right. In my background. Yeah, that's, they everywhere. Like, they, that's how I uplift them. Like, uh, I don't know, like, before I am where I am now, before me and my wife got married, I was messing with this chick who was real, real spiritual. And she put me on lighting altars and connecting with them spiritually. You know what I'm saying? And how, because I had the pictures up on the altar and, you know, I would talk to them and connect with them. Shit is beautiful. And so I don't really like the candles anymore because I wanted to disconnect from her teachings and start building my own. I kept the pictures as symbolic. You know, I still talk to them and I pray to them and, you know. Still stay connecting with them in my own ways. But I feel like it's important, too, because my babies, my brother didn't really get to meet them. My mom, she met them a few times, my grandkids. You know what I'm saying? So I want to make sure that they know who she is and they know who who he is. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be constantly talking to them, but like they'll break out crying now out of nowhere and just be like, I really miss grandma. And I'll be like, damn, like you're the only one. And it's crazy that you feel that. And that's how I be reminded, like, their presence is still strong because I make sure it's, it's there. I make sure that they're they're here. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, yeah. that shit is very important, man. I got my mama picture everywhere. I got a picture of her in my wallet. The next album cover might have her face on it. Like, <laughs> like every shit yeah. everywhere, man. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know you were talking about early in the conversation that, you always like to drop a project on some sort of significant anniversary too. Yeah. Their and, birthdays. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah. I've just kind of learned that with death, I guess, you know, I lost a, a buddy a couple years ago. It was probably like the closest friend I've ever lost, you know, I lost know, a few so, family members when I was a little bit younger, but no one I had ever had this tie to bond with. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like keeping his shit around, you know, yeah. like in the studio. I like having some of his hats and his That's beanies dope. around or just like a picture around to be like, hey, what's up, dude? Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> What's going on with you? Like, uh, 
I'm I'm still out here grinding and trying to do this shit. You yeah. know, I'm trying to I'm trying to chase down the shit we were trying to chase down. Still, right. still at it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Same here, man. Yeah, you find that that like they fueled the fire for you a lot. Hell with, yeah, man. With the music. Yeah, I feel like they still here with me, especially my brother. But my brother. Like like my biggest fan, bro. Like when I didn't have any fan, I just broke that on my on my Instagram wall. Like I was just thinking about it. I dropped it yesterday. Um, I dropped it on his death anniversary. It's been six years. So, but yeah, he was like my biggest fan. He was always asking what the new music was. He'd be playing the music for his people at work. Like I still run into people now, bro. But your brother used to play your music all the time, man. Like that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? That shit cool. And I was still selling CDs at my book bag then. So like, I always laugh when I look at this picture now. But like, man, you'll lose your damn mind and know people listening to me in China or <laughs> like France or you know what I'm saying? Or I got four albums out. Like you know, I'm like shit crazy. Like, but I always you know talk to his pictures and. I be saying, but they fuel the fire. My mama, I want to make sure. My mama was like just a dope ass human being, bruh. Like the way she gave to people and the way she always wanted to uplift people. She was a shit talker and she was a fighter, but bro, she gave, she gave, she gave. She was always giving food. Um, I would wake up random times when I was little and walk through my living room and there'd be a damn family in there. And like <laughs> my mama would be like, oh, well. Uh, Sean, this is uh Michelle and and uh her three kids. They gonna be staying with us for a while. And I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, hey, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's amazing. Dude. Yeah, yeah, bro. So I be trying to spread. I love that. Man, I love it, bro. But that's how she was. So I try to spread that energy that the way she was with humanity, man. Like I'm always giving it any time I can. My wife was so mad at me one time, bro. Um, we went to went out to eat to a steakhouse downtown. Um, it was years ago. She had got me this nice-ass jacket, um, beautiful-ass jacket, and it was cold as shit out night. And um, a guy walked past, homeless guy, and he asked for some food. And I was like, man, I was like, shit, we ain't even went in yet. I was like, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't got no food, but I was like, you look cold as hell. And I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had the snots running and, you know, damn, he just looked cold as shit, bro. And I was like, here, bro, like, I like, can you fit this? And it ain't button all the way up, but shit, he was damn a little bit warmer than he was. But I do shit like that because that's how my mama would do. Like, it's just, I just normally, I just do it naturally. Like, I don't think nothing of it. I don't know how much she paid for that coat. She wasn't mad, mad, but she was like, damn, like, <laughs> god damn, like, <laughs> bruh, like, yeah, man. you know what I'm saying? But to me, I was just like, shit, he get more use out of it than I will. I'm about to go into this nice, warm-ass, cozy restaurant and eat. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's how I feel like when I'm, I'm walking out of the record store and maybe see someone that's asking for some change or whatever. It's like, dude, you just dropped sixty dollars on records. I can give this person five dollars right now. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't gonna hurt you none, man. You just helped somebody and you just brought a damn smile to the world, bro. Like that's that type of shit means everything to me, and that's how she was. So, I, that's how I uplift her name, and that's the kind of person I aim to be as well. So that's why I named myself Merson. My name used to be Tice. If you look up any of like my old old music, like you will find it under Tice. But when my mom passed, I changed it to Merson to uplift her name, the type of person she was. Like, I'm a, she fed you literally. 
So I'm gonna feed you with this music, like <laughs> you know. What Hell I'm saying? yeah, man, that's yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would imagine you know, as far as you just like reaching out to dude on the street, like that's that's also been you at times, and like you speak about being houseless for a while. Yeah, and I would imagine that that like really changes your perspective on you know seeing people out on the streets and seeing people in need and whatnot yeah damn sure do bro i was living out my car you know that was part of my depression as well you know what i'm saying is <laughs> um yeah living out my car showering at my part-time you know staying with different people that's another reason like i had women on the scenes because i might <laughs> like you know what i'm saying I might be at another born woman house this day I might sleep in my car for about four days and she'd be like, hey, you coming over for the night? It's another chick. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. I'd be over there. Like, you know, like, it was just crazy during that time, bro. But I always had those people in my life that was, I always tell my son, he 18, and I was like, you're a, you're a pure-hearted person and you're a good person. I said, shit is going to always work out for you. I was like, it just does. I said, no matter how hard shit may seem, I said, because your heart is in the right place. Shit always work out for you. And shit always worked out for me, bro. No matter how in a slump I was. You know what I'm saying? But living out my car, that's a big reminder of why I help people. Because I done fucking been there. Shit is hard out here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a solid message. That, that shit will work out if your your heart is in the right place. Like, no matter how fucked up your your compass might get at times and uh maybe you're super turned around yeah. and deep into some shit that's not really you but mm-hmm. you know it'll it'll turn itself around man you'll be good yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that uh mental music mm. with og black man yeah. on on interstate soul that's one of my favorite tracks that that hook on that one uh this ain't music to move your body it's music to move your mental i put my pain in this pencil yeah uh, hell yeah <laughs> that was all og black man uh shout out to og black that's my brother i met him during my depression he's another guy that's been around for years um he recorded his first album on that old ass computer i was telling you about uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he came over because Sean had been. We been wanting to get him on a beat. We just didn't know which one yet. We went through a couple, but we found that right one. So it's been so long since I've been able to vibe out in the studio with people because of the corona and just everything right. else that's going on. Like, and then I was working three years on albums by myself. Like my first three albums, I ain't had no features. Like <laughs> the one feature I did have, Blanche J. She was singing. Shout out Blanche. Um, she sung on it like she sent those over, over over through email those tracks but i hadn't really vibed out in the studio with anybody that's why this album is so special because i got to vibe out with og black tq what it do um og b harris i can see him anytime but he, he sent them shits through email but og black came over and we was vibing out to the song and i didn't listen to it i been had the beat i said bro i'm not going to send it to you and i'm not going to listen to it and i said whatever the fuck we come up with that night I was like, that's that's gonna be what's going on the album. So he came over and we was vibing out to it. And he was like, I got a hook. He was like, let me spit this shit to you. And that's when he spit that damn. <laughs> this ain't no fool for your, you know, your for you to dance. It's for your mental. And he went through it, man, and killed the hook. And I was like, shit, bro, let's use it. Like, let's let's do it. Oh yeah, yeah, so man. And the way he said it, 
he had to teach me how to say it because it wasn't coming off as smooth. And that's why the chemistry was just so fucking dope in the studio because I was like rushing the line and he'd be like, nah, you got to say that shit like this. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, shit was just dope. And I was over here writing and pinning and he was over there on the other end of the garage writing and pinning. And, <laughs> and that shit came together beautifully, bro. But that's... The energy on that track is one of the reasons why that's one of my favorite too. Like, I love that fucking song. That's like a fan favorite right now, bro. These last two days, that's the number one song everybody's saying. Hey, that's their favorite right we now. We live how we like, live. <laughs> talk how yeah. we talk. It just is what it is. Right. This ain't music to move your body. It's music to move your mental. I put my pain in this pencil, nigga. Right. Shit, we live how we live. Talk how we talk. It just is what it is. Right, this ain't music to move your body, it's music to move your mental I put my pain in this pencil, hey, yo. nigga Pain I was harboring from shit that I was caught up in I'm walking in, looking at the table, I want all of it Pastor on his offering, where shit I need my bread too They rip apart your heart and shit, your soul can be dead too A dead man walking shit, happens too often Uncomfortable, until you feeling comfy in that coffin Now we feeling like we lost them, but we find a way to bring them to The light at the end of the tunnel, we gotta bring them through the type of shit we've been through, very instrumental to the type of shit we into. My earth, rub that peppermint oil, you all in my temple, elevating my mental. You know, she keep me sane, right? Cause last night, I seen some brothers dying in the same night, walking in that same light. Truth is hidden in plain sight. Tell my niggas, remain tight, cause ain't nothing set in stone. Made building blocks from stepping stones. Now we build blocks on the block that we stepping on. Uh, we live how we live. Talk how we talk, it just is what it is. Uh, this ain't music that move your body, it's music that move your mental. I put my pain in this pencil, nigga. We live how we live. Talk how we talk, it just is That's a killer what it one, is. dude. And uh, and freeform has got one of my favorite lines. It's that uh Bruce Lee said, be like water, my friend. When I'm feeling boxed in, I just get free with the pen. <laughs> yeah. Just Yeah. <laughs> Killing him. <laughs> Pow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I was feeling myself on freeform. Freeform, like we was going back earlier talking about confidence. I was like, I'm here now. That tr- that song, <laughs> like <laughs> freeform, day trip. Those were the songs where I really wanted to really get free with the pen. Cause through my first three albums, I was really just writing from expression and emotion and trying to find clarity. But I was like, with this shit, like, I'm free. I'm healed. I can talk about what the fuck I want to talk about. I ain't got no obligation to my feelings. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm about to go out here and really get in on this track. So when I wrote Freeform, I was really feeling like my higher self. I was like, I ain't got no no bounds. It's like, I'm, I'm limitless now. I could talk about whatever. I can do whatever in my life and on this song, you know. And this shit was dope, man. Yeah, Freeform. I love Freeform, bro. That's dope. But yeah, I get free with that pen, man. Anytime I'm going through some shit or anything, I find myself with the pen. <laughs> and Sean is just so killer with the, the production and on the keys. It's it, There's so many dope beats on this record. It's just like super complimentary for what you're doing lyrically and melodically and whatnot at times. Just Just kills it. Yeah, he's sick with it, man. He um, It's crazy how our relationship formed because um, I started doing ads on Instagram. And um, 
you know, producers be in my inbox all the time. But they come with this, I got some packs for you. I got some beats for you, man. And I actually (laughs) (laughs) trying to take time, be nice, and actually give them some time and some attention to go listen to the beats. And it don't be shit that I jump on. You know, and I'm like, I feel like kind of disrespected that you didn't go listen to my shit before you sent this. Because if you did, you know, this is not nothing I, I will rap on. You know what I'm saying? So I started leaving shit on them, not read, and read for the longest, or delete, deleting shit. Like, I ain't got time. Like, get out of my inbox. So when Sean hit me up, man, it was just different from the jump. He was the person I realized, you know, you come across those people in life when you just like, this is how shit is supposed to be. If it ain't like this, I don't want it. Like, I don't want no deals with it. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he was like, bro, I checked out your catalog. He was like, I really got some shit for you. He's like, I really dig your style and your music. And What's Up was one of the first beats he sent. Um, no Love Lost was one of the tracks, first tracks he sent. Mask Off, those tracks. And I was like, damn, like, damn, he's dope. And I was like, he's doing what I wanted to do with my next album. I wanted to create like a real hip hop album. Not saying my first three weren't, but I mean some shit yeah. that's really dedicated to hip hop all around the board. Not just lyrically, but you know, the instrumentation and everything. And the relationship went down. I sent him the beats, the tracks back, and you know, we had that that little that 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 difference between what's up, but after that, man, everything he and then that's another thing. He sent like thirty beats. When um, he first sent me the beats, bro, like he was really ready to work, and all of the beats were something that I would spit on, you know. But the album took like a year over time to make, cause he'll send me beats, and I may not be feeling like this this one day. I might be in a sad ass mood, and <laughs> and then freeform come up on my playlist like before I wrote. So I'm like, <laughs> I ain't in the mood for this shit. So, <laughs> you know, sad world might get created. So you know, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh. But yeah, man, he a beast, man. He 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 killed the whole project, bro. His style. He's a working ass dude too. Yeah. So when he, when he would send you something, would you just do your part over it, whatever the length of the track he sent, or would there be like any conversations back and forth, like you telling him, "Hey, I need a few more bars here," or "I need one more chorus," or were you just going after just like the complete beat that he had sent yeah, you. Yeah, man, I just kill it. I just had I just kill it. Um freeform was like a couple of times that we conversations like that came up was when I finished No Love Lost. Um it was a lot shorter. It was going out right after that last hook. Right after that ain't no love lost. After that shit go off, it would end. And then we would just listen to it. He was like, bro, like what you think if we let No Love Lost ride out a little bit longer? And I had been listening to the song for months now. So like you were talking about earlier, I'm used to it ending like this. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, you know, shit, let's let's try it. And he sent the extended version. And I listened to it because I didn't want to be like, I don't want the shit to ride out afterwards. But I was like, no, it ain't just you on the project. It's conversations with myself. You know, this is a dope ass beat. Let that shit ride. And I be listening in the car and after I let all that shit go and I'm like, damn like this shit is cool so i put this extended version shit on there and that shit right and um freeform he was like bro uh because free song was just it was just so damn hard when i created it he was like bro how about we throw another hook on the end 
And I was like, nah, I, I love the way that shit end. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then I'm going with the wind. And I left shit in there intentionally. Like, you can hear me drop the mic on, the, I mean, the, the shit on the table right here and hit the chair when I, <laughs> and I, I did that shit intentionally. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just fuck it. Like, <laughs> fuck it. Then I'm going oh, with yeah. the wind. And I was like, nah, I like, I love that ending. So I said, oh, I like to leave it like that. He was like, cool, shit. It's hard anyway, but. It would be conversations like that, but other than that, anything he sent me, man, I would just smash it as it. The Avengers of the shit, we out here healing the globe. OGs in real life ain't got a snapping in post. I'm saying, Bruce Lee said, be water, my friend. If I'm ever feeling boxed, I just get free with the pen. This way of life really caused the nigga some friends. Middle finger in the air. Well. Interstate Soul, everybody. It's it's available on all those streaming platforms. Mert's son and uh, Sean Reckless on that one, and I'll definitely put all the links in the episode notes so people can keep up with you. I'll put Sean's uh, handle in there as well. Um, talk to me about your podcast that you do, man. Talks with Mert. Talks with Mert podcast. Um, it's crazy, like, what you was just talking about uh, earlier. Like, I'm all about when you was like, you know, it makes you go within. Uh, my music does. Um, I'm like that with everything, bro. I just like meaningful conversations. I like anything that points you back to self. Because I feel like self is the answer to every damn thing. Everything that i ever been to <laughs> in life <laughs> came back to me. You know what I'm saying? So, Talks with Mert was like, I don't get to go in full detail on my albums, and I feel like I have so much light to shed on the shit that I talk about in my music, you know, helping people heal with depression, struggling with confidence, um, not just like emotional things like that, but just things that we have to work on with self, like discipline, um, you know, just those, just, just anything that the normal person goes through, you know, I like to talk about it from my perspective. You know, I'll never try to get on there and, you know, tell people what to do with your life. But I get on there. This is how I went through this shit. And this is how I had to deal with it. You know, just to provide another perspective for people who may be going out here just living in their growth. You know, but right now it's been got 10 episodes in. I've just been talking to my damn self. But um, my next episode is about um, the art of breathing. It'll be dropping soon. Um, I'm actually... Want to bring OGB Harris on there? He'd be my first guest um, on the podcast. Oh, cool! Yeah, man. And oh yeah, yeah. He he been talking about the art of breathing for years, and I didn't learn it to like this last year. What this shit really means is how breathing can really save your life. Deep breaths and just breathing through it all. You just breathe through this shit, man. It'd be easy. Like you just gotta breathe. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> but talks with Merc podcast, y'all. It's on um, Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Well, but yeah, you gotta breathe on this ride. You can't hold your breath. Man, you can't hold your damn breath. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's you. Those are yeah. your words. You been digging in, man. <laughs> I told you, yeah. man. <laughs> you really been digging. That's dope. I'll, I'll fuck up the first meeting, but I, I was digging in. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did your work. Do you find when you're like, mm-hmm. when you're tapping in and and kind of talking to yourself, literally on the mic and and just in the room with yourself, that that's also like super uh, therapeutic for you doing the podcast style like that? Man, hell yeah, I'd be talking to myself and 
because I'm thinking about it just really just talking to myself and it'd be like me just kind of like meditating while I'm speaking my meditations out loud. I've come to like conclude here on some of the episodes. I'd be like, damn, wow. Like, damn, I never thought about it like that. Like, I really haven't. <laughs> you blowing your own yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> blow my own damn mind. Just like <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, damn, like. Because one thing I was talking about on one episode was with the, the queen piece. I play chess. So the relationship between the king and the queen. I used to always be like, damn, why are we protecting the king if the queen, damn, can do everything on the board? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's the Michael Jordan. Right. She's the Michael Jordan. What the hell are we protecting Scotty for? Like, Jordan going to be good on any team. He goes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so... But I had to run. I started getting good at chess when I started understanding the relationships between the pieces and not just what they can do. So I was talking about why the queen is able to go move about on the board the way she is. Because the king, our job is just to keep our universe in order. You know what I'm saying? I got a wife. I got kids. Got a podcast. Got a photography business. I do my music. I got friends. I got aunties I got to go see. The kings really have the whole damn Mufasa had to take control and organize his whole damn pride. He's just one king. He can only do one damn thing at a time. That's all he can worry about because he has so much shit on his plate. He can only tend to one thing at a time. So his queen, she has to be able to go all over the, the kingdom because she has to come back and let him know what the fuck is going on. You know what I'm saying? When I understood, this is the conclusion I came to in one of my episodes, and I was like, damn, like, I never <laughs> thought about it like that. Like, that's why she has to go and move around the board the way she does, because she's coming back and informing him on everything that's going on. And that's how the relationship is between me and my wife. Like, I'm hip to a lot of shit, but my wife really put me on game with my businesses and everything, because, you know, she's out here living too. So she's coming back letting me know shit from her universe that can help out with our universe. And, man, yeah, bro, but I come to all kinds of conclusions on those shows, man. It's very therapeutic, bro. Yes. Cool, man. Well, I'll put the link for that in the episode notes as well. And uh, just uh, appreciate your music and appreciate you uh, giving me some of your time to get to know you and where this where all this comes from, like I said, I feel like I I had a pretty uh a pretty good understanding just listening to the music, getting a sense of who you are, but just to to get to, you know, talk with you for an hour and a half is a really cool opportunity, man. I I really uh dug this conversation and definitely like filled me up spiritually and shit. That's beautiful, bro. Likewise, man. So I told I like the way you interview. I had listened to a few of your podcasts and I was like I love the way you interview, man. You really, you done your shit. You take time. So, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. I appreciate you, too, for having me and giving the opportunity, bro. Yeah. Definitely, man. Uh, I want to I wanna play it out with Day Trip, yeah. which was the first single off the Interstate Soul. Yeah, uh, second one. Mask Off was the, was the first second. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well the whole record's available so we don't even have to worry about the singles right. in a state but, soul. <laughs> uh, day, yeah day trip is definitely one of my favorites 
We end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is it's a program. Yeah. So if we could get the uh, Mertz son, it's a program. We can properly uh, sail this thing out. Yeah. Man. It's Mertz son and it's a program. <laughs> he nailed it, everybody. All the links will be in the episode notes. Thanks for uh, listening to the show. We're going to play it out with Day Trip off of uh, Interstate Soul, available everywhere. And that's the Jelly Jams. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Portland, Charlotte, wherever you're listening to it from. Yeah, we about to take a trip. Yeah. I drop a tab, then I'm walking through the city, right? I hit the L, now I'm lifting and I'm feeling light. I'm feeling better than I could on a Friday night. I'm playing chess with some marshes, I'm so fucking high. I see it vividly, manifestations that's hitting secretly. Speak it, G, circle the block just like a witness be. Remember me, snotty nose asking for you to listen, please. Now I'm building a dynasty, how I envision me. Crazy flow, worth 10 digits, but just don't blow it though. Free game, feeding the soul, but die. Just it's slow, insane Dropping the knowledge like I don't have a brain Pin game, sick as the constitution on cocaine Keep your frame, cause I done broke that shit a thousand times Tried to box me in, I woo high like Busta Rhymes I'm slinging purpose in these verses and these nouns and verbs I'm reaping what I sow, go and get what you deserve uh, This is a day trip in my mind On a stroll through the universe, what did I find? A lot of purpose and no cares about space and time And a little inspiration for the next line this is a day trip in my mind On the stroll through the universe What did I find? A lot of purpose and no cares about space and time And a little inspiration for the next Tell me what you got to give if you ain't went and live. Can't be lending your perspectives if you only seen the crib. Can't be spreading negativity and talking about you real. If you ain't speaking life, don't give a fuck about how you feel. That's for real. I'm traveling, scrambling through the universe. Taking note of everything to brainstorm a classic verse. Bring it back to earth and spread healing like a master nurse. Never thought these bars from the moon would come and pack a church. I live it though. Had a lot of blockage, so I give it flow. Reaping soul. Felt a lot of darkness, so I gave it glow. Speak a Hurry, my classes got the antidote. Mr. Show, we streaming everywhere. Won't you pen a note? Take a tote. Because Merson is a different breed. Everything that I spit, I'm trying to get you free. Trying to show you everything you already see. I'm gonna free the whole planet by the time I leave. Uh, this is a day trip in my mind. On a stroll through the universe, what did I find? A lot of purpose and no cares about space and time. And a little inspiration for the next line. This is a day trip in my mind On the stroll through the universe What did I find? A lot of purpose and no cares If I'm facing time And a little inspiration for the next line Give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that Distro Kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with Distro Kid, making their 
already affordable prices, even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to DistroKid. Stay up, stay tuned.